Welcome to the Holsey B. Mark radio station. Listen, share, follow. Be part of the journey. Listen to things from cryptozoology, UFO, comedy, music, interviews, Freddy the Free Car Show, and much, much more. Enjoy the show. One, I kept my focus on the traffic and caught a glance at the infamous flashing red and blue lights of a police guard ahead. The police vehicle was parked on a grassy million, dividing the six lanes of the highway. Most of the brake lights of the cars in front of me in the northbound lane illuminated. I sighed heavily and pushed my brake, knowing there was an accident. Six o'clock on a Friday evening, it was always a crapshoot and challenge for the drivers who lived in the city. An accident brought on leveling the traffic in a downtown area was almost a given. I wouldn't have been surprised if I'd actually been able to make it home in a normal 20 minutes. It usually took any other day of the week. Everyone was always in a hurry, picking up their children, kids, or grabbing their dinner or heading home or rushing off to revenues with friends of a lover. But it generally wasn't the rushing around to start the weekend that caused the inevitable accident on Friday evening. It was everyone's intentness to their surroundings because they were too worried about answering their phones or returning a text or fiddling with the radios. I once spotted a teenage girl scrolling down a social networking feed as he sat at a stoplight. I assumed that she would sit her phone down and pay attention to traffic when the light changed. It said she glanced up briefly before turning her attention to the phone and driving off. People were too concerned about what's happening on their phone to pay attention to the road anymore. A brainless addiction to constantly scroll through whatever contact that I chose was the reason I shunned my phone most of the time, especially while I was driving. While driving, my meager administrative assistant job was enough to get by on. I wasn't in any rush. I wasn't in any rush to have it fork out over what small savings I had to radical bills or a new car payment. Every time I took my vehicle in for an oil change, I sat in the waiting room of the shop with my fingers crossed, hoping they didn't find something terribly wrong with my car. Could, if I could get a couple more years out of my old clinker, clunker, I'd be happy. I pressed a brake to put room between my vehicle and the front the van in front of me. The driver intimately tracked the brake and rode the white line, separating the van from the enormous semi-truck beside it. A slow grow of cartoon characters danced across the drop-down screen in the van's interior. I could faintly make out the shadows of the driver's cell phone holding hand as they tried to do something on their phone while driving. They were probably either texting someone or going to be late or trying to take a video or a photo of the accident. My phone vibrated silently in my back pocket to signal an incoming text. I muttered a curse under my breath as the driver in front of me came closer, sideswiping a semi-truck before jugging the van back into their own lane. My phone, my phone vibrated again. Jeez, Kelly, I muttered. Hold your horses. 
Kelly and my brother were well, only two people who text me. My brother would check in with me at least once a month, usually when he's bored on the weekend. A text is usually more likely from Kelly, even though, even after living for, together for nearly over for over two years, he still sent me dirty, filthy, daily filthy of dirty texts while on the brakes at work. The brand I was following suddenly braked hard, and I hit my brakes and joined the call of the traffic as we neared the flashing lights. My radio was tuned to a radio station. I realised the guest was arguing with the host about the present, and something he allegedly done on said to a woman. I wondered how recent a traffic accident happened, since there was no mention of it in traffic report. I ran a few minutes before. I entered the highway. Every day I left for work at the same time. By the time I reached the stop sign, at the end of the second turn, the radio host rattled off any major construction or incidents accidents on the ground of the city. There wasn't any mention of the slow traffic on the northbound highway. If it pulled in an accident, I wouldn't have taken the route through the city to avoid being stuck on half a way for an hour. The closer on the screen, in the scene, I noticed there was just one, but three police vehicles. A road crew truck parked in a haphazard square and medium. Four police officers were huddled near one of the cruisers. A man wearing a high value vest, his fancy vest, appeared to be searching the grass for something he approached his truck. He had no smashed vehicles, no tow truck. There was not a broken glass or shattered fiber rods littering the road. If there had been an accident, all the evidence had been cleared away. Whole week on my way, two from work, the road crew, personnel, had been hitting this stretch of railway. Hard mowing and collecting litter. The section of me on the police cars apart on the almost shorn and free of trash. Took one black trash bag situated near a cluster of uniformed men, which appeared to contain something solid. A wind pulled at a plastic on the bag, and one of the police officers looked nervously at the traffic, while the others focused their attention on the bag. Once I was past the scene, the traffic began to pick up speed. A phone vibrated as so I looked at the clock. A dash. Kelly must be talking. Taking a six thirty break for a few minutes earlier. My phone vibrated again. The rapid fire the text messages made me think there must be an emergency. I pulled a phone from my pocket while keeping my eyes on the road. I found the button on bottom a bottom of my phone screen and held the device atop of my steering wheel, reel to read the first part of the message. Getting off early. I tossed the phone in the console. Day and night, could start early. Either the saloon was slow today, or one of Kylie's appointments cancelled. Either way, she wanted to shower to get rid of all the bits and itchy hair before we went out. I looked forward to being with that, uh, my girl. I grew a tad wet thinking about her naked body in the shower. So I did recall a time when we both showered together. The act of cleaning ourselves would turn into sex. Next we knew, knew the water would be cold and either of us was remotely clean. And I used to ache to be with Kelly in gauze in my clit. I could feel the heaviness of my horniness filling my cunt. I realised my mind was wondering the worst of idiots who couldn't put down those phones for five minutes and drive. I tried to think of anything but Cully's soft skin and lips. My fancy was immediately replaced with a vision of a black trash bag along the road. What was in the bag? What was in the bag? What could the road crews have found and what required the police? And why so many police? Some 
dark place in my mind kept removing what I'd seen, and somehow the plastic pulling tight against a thick and solid object in a bag was distorted and shaped by torso. I looked, shook my head and chased my horrific imagination. It more likely a huge block of drugs. The highway was a notorious route for running drugs from Florida to Chicago. Some druggie probably put, got spooked and dumped their loot out of the car window. A chunky might be tossed all this used heroin to avoid a paraphernalia charge. I have, to, I have to check the news once I, I was home. Surely... Whatever cooks so much attention would be on the news. Man interviewed on the radio shouted, A man hears the needs. A reporter replied calmly, But he doesn't give him the right to sexual assault. What does a woman expect when she goes to a date or a male man's house? What does a woman expect when she goes back to a wealthy man's house after a date? I grabbed his cuss and hit the button of the stereo. Through clenched teeth, I grumbled, Fucking men. As it hit the t- turn circle and took the exit for home. Chapter 2 I changed a black into a black dress and spread brows. Carrie said she liked on me. I sat on the sofa, scrolling through the news websites on my laptop. When she arrived home, we dropped her. She dropped her purse and her keys on the table on the floor. The elevator doors slid shut down the hall with an audible thunk. Before she closed her apartment floor, apartment door, Carrie kicked off her flats and slumped into a saturated manner. Ah, she said, my last appointment cancelled and the air was low. I didn't feel like dealing with the last minute walkings and Jess told me I could skip it. Out. I could use the tips, but I don't want to deal with stress of being rushed. Tomorrow is going to be bad enough. I stretched her arms towards me and made a scratching dresses of her fingers. It was her daily world of sign, saying, I'm coming in, she here. I need a shower. I said, I said, I tried to do my own hair. And will you fix it today? She sighed. Is it one every Saturday? Hopefully I don't get stuck with them. She crossed the living room and gave me a peck on her lips. A lock of curly brunette hair fell towards my face. I fingered it briefly before she was prompting me headed towards the shower. She stuck, called, What are you doing? as she, uh, as she entered the shower. Sounds of rummaging through the drawers and in the enclosure prompted me to raise my voice to hear for her to hear the bar for her to, for her to hear. I said Passed a bunch of cup cows on the way home. Fresh the news site again for any updates. Trying to see if there's anything about it on the news. There's no report of anything out of the only on the highway, but there was a bunch of headless headlines covering some type of mud violence and oh, I never blame it all the president. Curly Carrie mumbled something I couldn't, couldn't catch because before shutting the bedroom door, off her door. Few seconds later, the patter, faint patter of shower again began. My phone vibrated and distracted me from the computer. I retrieved the phone from my f- 
pocket and found a text message from the brother. My brother contained one word, cunt. I debated in responding to him and assumed the text might be what's been meant for one of his friends as a joke. Joining on whatever prank he might be involved in, fired in, I fired back. What's your problem, dick? I started, I stared at the phone, my phone for a while, waiting and dancing, three dots, and indicated he responded to text, but nothing happened. Eventually, I was distracted by the growing sign of sirens in the distance. My attention was distracted again by a squeak of fallet knobs emulating from the bathroom. As Kelly caught the water, cut the water, and scraped the shower curtain, as she exited the shower, I stopped, closed the laptop, setting Sitting on the coffee table, made my way to the window overlooking the street. The sirens off in the distance, but it didn't see a growing or fading in volume, as if emergency vehicles were parked somewhere. The driver forgot to cut the alarm. The bathroom door opened. I turned and looked at Curry with her hair pinned up, messily to keep it from getting wet, a towel wrapped around herself. She headed down the hallway toward our bedroom. I stealthily followed her. We went straight to the dresser. She went straight to the dresser, pulled the top drawer apart, out, and began pouring through its contents. Pressed my body against her damp back, and ran my hand up her thigh and under the towel. She made a con- con- spiritual sigh and continued to shove her under things around, searching for whatever she wanted. She said, Do you want to wait till after dinner and drinks? I kissed the back of her neck and took in the scent of the coconut soap she used while sliding her hand across her lower belly and slipping my middle finger under her careless cunt, teasing her clit. She stopped rummaging in the dresser, gripped its top and pressed my arse against my cr- pressed her crutch against my her arse against my crutch. I grew wet and my cunt ached to have her. I rubbed my clit before slapping my finger in her wet pussy as she squirmed against me and moaned. She said breathlessly, But I'm hungry. Me too. She turned her head towards me. I kissed her. She sat on my lower lip slightly. I moaned as I, as I finger-fucked her. She grew wetter. As I worked, I pulled the towel between from her body and dropped my knees behind her. She closed the door and bent over, planting her feet further apart. I grabbed each of her arse cheeks and spread her open, for I began tonguing her clint and cunt. I slid two fingers into her while flicking her clint with my tongue. She moaned. I reached back to my... reached... She moaned, and I reached back to my pet, pet my short hair. As I walked, I fingered her fast enough to feel her skin growing warm and damp with perspiration. I knew she'd come quickly. My nipples grew hard. My own cunt grew with ache and poor desire of for release. Oh, Sonia, she whispered. I'm coming. I sucked my clip into my mouth and flicked it rapidly with one tip of my tongue as a vagina spasmed from my fingers. Yet her whole body, whole body convulsed slightly and she yipped. She let go of my hand, head, and gripped the dresser to steady herself. She let out a soft cry of, oh, every time the orgasm took her. She sighed in relief when the last wave of pleasure was gone and her body relaxed. I stood and wiped my mouth from the back of my hand 
She turned to look at my collie. Her face was flushed with orgasm. A large strand of hair had fallen free from the clip. She was so beautiful. It was moments like this that made me feel like the luckiest woman in the world, apparently sort of like a animal, pulling the clip from her hair and ramming my tongue into her mouth while she, I pulled off my clothes, a frenzy. Her panties were so wet, I left a trail of my own juices down my thigh when she removed them. I pulled her down on the bed with me, our mouths locked at another. I licked and sat by her small breasts as she pulled my fingers against my wet and swallowed clit and matched it. She moaned as lightly bit a nipple. I came before she had a chance to do much else. We lay on the bed in each other's arms, catching her breath, and Scully said, It sounds like the whale's gonna is ending out there. The whale has been going on the entire time. It sounds like to me it's a second took me a second to realise you're talking about the sirens. It started before you came out of the shower, I said. I wrapped a strand of hair around my finger. I looked at my profile as she glared at the ceiling. You certainly miffed by the ruckus outside. Are you checking the news? She said, turning on my head towards me. I didn't say I didn't say anything. I literally started right before you came out of the shower. The site didn't have anything about the cops on the highway from even from early either, early either. Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it's like they didn't think it's proper important enough for a general public to know. I guess Kelly's stomach rumbled loudly. I poked my her in the belly. Sounds like my kitty's hungry. Meow, she replied. Come on, I sat I sat up. Let's go before we get too lazy to leave the apartment and decide to hold her in. I held Carrie's hand and let the, uh, set the pace. She opted to wear heels and a skirt tonight. Her shoulder bag crossed her hair. Her purse rattled slightly with each step of its bounce against her hip. Her schedule was hectic and most of the weekends was occupied with work. So he made a point to have one nice date in a month. Chapter 3. I held Curly's hand and let her set the pace since he opted to wear heels and skirt tonight. Her shoulder by crossed her body and purse rattled slightly with each step as it bounced against her hip. Her schedule was hectic and most of her weekends were occupied with work, so we made it point to have one nice date a month. I urged her to pick a day when she would be off work, but she said it always being on a Friday regardless of and happily let her choose where she wanted to be wanted to do. Living down that town gave us plenty of options. We decided last week we would be coming to a recently opened modern Italian restaurant at six blocks from our apartment. And he choked when I visited the place. I faced and looked at the menu and pricing. I always pay for my girl. When she ordered it ordered this month was some extremely overpriced Italian food. But I kept my mouth shut the cost and gladly called it to reserve it since her co-workers raved at a place she had her heart set on it. It was hard not to agree to whatever made her happy. The restaurant was located in a small three blocks of area teeming with business designed by couples and groups of friends to kick back and make fun on the weekend. 
weekend. Every weekend, the distant rate we swarm in people. The search fronts consistently mainly of restaurants and bars, a few shops, a pool shop boasting 50, 25% peep shows thrown in for good measure for those who really wanted to spice up their weekend or were a little lonely. There was even a small art house theatre cinema that had served beer, coupled with a lax open container laws for district, that gave the area its Bourbon Street fiddle. The walk to the restaurant was eerily quiet for a Friday evening. The ex, with the exception of one car that raced by, blaring its horn, it went. I assumed the sirens were the police and emergency personnel attending a traffic accident. Must have been blocked the roads. Into, must have had blocked the roads into downtown. We didn't see anyone out walking for a few blocks between our apartment and the busy night life district, which struck me as odd. Since even the deadest day, the deadest of days, day, you pass on at least a few people. Carrie and I rounded the corner to find the area a lot less busier than usual. As we continued down the street toward the restaurant, my gut told me there was something off about the few people milling about. Not that I didn't expect to see homeless people person, but he's evidently living downtown. I was sure the police kept a close eye on the area, or business owners scared them off. To me, it seemed like the perfect area for them to collect change from generous chunks looking to spend their money. There was always at least one or two asking for change or a cigarette Friday night. Hidden meaning, hidden among the groups of the merrymakers, today's street was teeming with them, or what appeared to be displaced people. Everyone who was a slow, confused shamble about them, homeless population head, but with the exception of one miserable man approaching us, farming a bent, unlit cigarette, the other people were dressed in what would be described as regular clothing, carrying the usual cup, bottle of beer, bottle or cup of beer. The shivered man called, Hey, pretty ladies, cut a lad. As he approached us, Carrie gripped my hands tighter and said under her breath, Son, she pre- pronounced it as a shortened version of my name. The man was almost reached us, but I kept a distance of determined pace past him, head towards the restaurant. I figured the best tragedy was to ignore him. His facial expression was gleeful and spacey. I didn't think the interaction was going into well, but he was insistent, persistent. Hey, gorgeous, he said, waving a cigarette at me. Got the light. He passed him. I said, sorry, I don't smoke. He passed, he walked by, um, we picked up our pace. The restaurant was only blocking right halfway. I anxiously sitted with Kelly. By all the troubles, the outside world, muted by the infancy of our date. Really? He called. Curse you, smoking right now, smoking hard. Ah, like my cigarette on that ass. What the fuck? Kelly snorted a, a laugh. A bit back my own laugh, until a beefy, frank, fr- Fertility guy began to cross the street, heading towards us. He wore a university t-shirt, t-shirt, covered sweatpants, shorts, and leather sandals. A man waved a bottle of Bud Light at us and said, Hey, babe, I'm studying to be your astronaut. Can I look at your anus? What? Kelly explained. She stumbled over her heels and grabbed her forearm to catch her from falling. A man kept coming towards us, and another person on the street yelled, Ah, oh, those space pants, cause your ass is out of this world. 
Come on, I said to Cully. We're almost there. Hey, said Fat Girl, yelled. We passed him before he could manage to cross the street. He followed us. Carrie limped us lightly. I assumed she must have twisted her ankle. I was forever giving her a hard time and calling her high heels ankle breakers. I felt terrible dragging her down and sidewalk, but the fat guy was obviously drunk. I wanted to call Cully into the safety of the restaurant. The fat guy was closer than I thought. Are you two bitchy dacks or something? A man across the road wearing a button down shirt and khaki pants said, Are you Japanese? Cause I'm gonna get, I'm about to get Japanese. He held his pointer and finger, middle finger on a straight of a V and wagged his tongue between them. Cunny was disgusted, me discussing that sound as he reached the door, as we reached the door for the restaurant. I noticed several other men further down the street walking towards us. Each of them was shouting at us. We were too far away for me to comprehend what they were saying, but 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 what was being said to us from the other men, I could imagine. What happened next proceeded swifter than my mind could process. I reached the handle of the glass door, leading the restaurant to open it for Cully. Fat guy slammed into her and pressed her against the brick with stereo to build him between the door and a bench a metal cigarette extinguishing pole situated by it. She screamed as he ran his hand under her skirt. I ran the man's upper arm and tried to pull him away, but he's bigger much bigger than me and Cully combined. Get off my get off my girlfriend I shouted and jerked the guy's arm. He shook off eff- me off effortlessly and pressed his lips to Cully's ear and said, That bitch don't have a dick. Can't satisfy you. I know what you want, my fat girl, in your pussy. He began to fumble the front of his trousers, shorts. Carrie screamed my name and clawed at the big wall. I saw red. I lunged from the overflowing cigarette extinguisher. I picked it up and almost fell. The contents at the bottom were heavier than I imagined. I swung it barely, but not thinking about Carrie's safety. I only wanted to stop the man from defiling her. The pole struck the man hard across his lower back. He yelled. Carrie yelped. I lost my grip on the extinguisher and rattled noiselessly on the sidewalk. The man stumbled, fo- the man stumbled forward. His shorts and underwear dropped to his knees, ankles. Carrie scrambled between the door, restaurant sobbing. He managed to open the door with her shaking hands and held it for me. She cried my name, frankly. Frank, frankly. But the man was now between one me and the door.